This is Daizenshu EX, the podcast, episode 8 for the week of January 8th, 2006. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Daizenshu EX, the podcast. I am Vegito EX and Michael Labrie works for me as well too. And with me this week is Mary. I don't get a faithful henchman tagline? Well, at this point, I'm assuming you're faithful anyways. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think, I don't think you have to worry about that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to be uh, Julian's replacement until he becomes uh, regularly available. Yes, notably absent is Julian. For those wondering, Julian did indeed make it to Japan safely. He had a uh, kind of two-and-a-half-hour layover, I think, which he wasn't expecting. But he's there. He was sleeping. And he was in the computer lab talking to me. Yeah, so we we know he's alive and well and certainly has access to technology. So he should be joining us uh, fairly fairly soon, I hope. Yeah, I think after he's done sleeping. Yeah, I think the boy needs to catch up on that Actually, stuff. Actually, his first job is going to be going to an arcade and getting me pictures. Yeah, that's what, that's what you like to think. Yes, that's what I like to think. And that's what we all like to think. Yes. Because we want this news. Yes, complete want, with pictures. I want pictures, and that will—that's uh, a good segue into some actual news that you have about this game in question. That's true. The game in question is technically the name is Super Dragon Ball Z, although it's been going around as Cho Dragon Ball Z. Uh, we've found out two new playable characters in the game. The first one announced was Jinzo Ningen Number Seventeen. He was actually shown on the official site for the game, I believe, a day or two ago. And beyond him, we've seen some pictures of another character that looks really, really cool. Very, very hot, if I might add. Yes. It's a character that, as far as I know, hasn't appeared in any Dragon Ball fighting game or any game, as far as I know. I'm not really sure. Well, she's shown up on the screen and she says, you know, you can't take Gohan with you. Okay, okay. Blah, blah, blah. You're right. So, yeah, fighting game. Yes. She has not appeared. So, in case you haven't figured it out yet, that is Chi-Chi. And Chi-Chi looks to be oh, playable, yeah, and it looks cool. awesome. And you know what makes her cool is the fact that they gave her some weapons. So yes! So, hopefully she won't be completely useless. She has Nyoibo on her back, and she's got, what is it, the Banjo fan? I think that's what it was. I think, is that what they called it in the dub? I don't even they remember. They called it the Banjo fan the in banjo? the first, uh, I mean, from what I remember. I think they called it the Banjo fan. You know what I could do is look it up in Journey to the West over here, but... I don't feel like that right now. So I'll figure out what it's actually called later. But I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's the it's a cool fan. It's red and it's green. And she's got both of them and she's fighting. Now, of course, I haven't actually confirmed that this is not a fake. But it looks Oh, yeah. Weird. So we don't want to be <laughs> spreading misinformation. So hopefully we'll get one of our several correspondents in Japan yes. out in the field with some actual hard photos to give to the world. Yeah. But it looks pretty real. So we'll assume that it is real. Also, it's wishful thinking. Yes, that would too. We will believe anything we read on the interweb. <laughs> I do. No, I don't believe. I know everything. you don't, but. <laughs> All right, going with more video game news. This isn't so much. Well, I guess it is news. Uh, we talked a little bit about Atari's little uh, debacle with Budokai 3's greatest hits release. What ended up happening was they released the game, and packed inside was the original version from two Novembers ago. And some little children probably cried and cried during Christmas. Aww. Mommy, I got the same game twice! <laughs> it looks like they finally fessed up to this little mistake. They did. A little uh, bit after the fact. But, yeah, uh, a little late. Better late than never. That's true. 
So we will give you the link to the forum post over on Atari. And what it says is the following. Due to an error in production... Yeah, no kidding. That could mean practically anything, <laughs> but yeah. Some copies of Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 Greatest Hits did not include the game's new features, including the Japanese character voices. If you have purchased Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 Greatest Hits and believe this feature is missing, here is what you should do. And listed along with that is a phone number and email support and all the different things they want you to have on hand, which is, I think, um, your receipt and a return merchandise authorization number, which you get from them. And what you do is you mail your copy of the game, and at some point in time they'll email, or not email, they will mail you back the correct version of the game. So if you got screwed over, please get in touch with them and make sure you get your proper merchandise. Right, and for the most part, I'm assuming if you purchase this Greatest Hits version, you're getting it for the Japanese vocal cast anyways, so you probably want this fixed version. Right. Wouldn't want that purchase to go unwasted. No. So that is that. Again, we will provide you with the link to that post and all that information. I think the only other big news this week was that Funimation redesigned their website. Well, not their website, but the Dragon Ball Z website. Okay, the Dragon Ball Z website. It actually does look cooler than it did before. I haven't been able to get it to load, so I technically haven't seen it yet, so (laughs) I can't comment on how cool it may or may not be. But apparently they're having a contest, right? Yeah, the only real interesting thing that I saw was that they're having a contest where they give you lots of cool stuff, one of which is sagas on Xbox. Yay? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but there is a giant prize pack they're giving away, and even though that game is one of them, the other stuff looks pretty cool. I think all you have to do is just give your email address. It just occurred to me that we never finished Sagas. There's a reason for that. I, I understand this, but wow, <laughs> it's pretty damn bad when we don't finish a Dragon Ball game. I know, right? Wow. I mean, we're not bad fans. It's just a bad game. Yes. But I digress. Let us continue. <laughs> I think that's it for news for the week. And, as usual, it contains obligatory video game news, so there's no shortage of that stuff. Oh, actually, there is one more bit of news that I updated with today, and I'm sorry to say it's more video game news. Oh, (laughs) surprise! Uh, Our forum member, Mike, again, not myself, someone else named Mike, found a listing on Amazon for another 2-in-1 Game Boy Advance game. And just like the last one, which was Legacy of Goku 1 and 2, this is Boo's Fury and Dragon Ball GT Transformation which are technically Legacy of Goku 3 and 4. So it's, uh, you buy one game and it comes with another game? Is that what it is? Well, it's two games on the same cartridge. Oh, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Except that Transformation is a totally different kind of game than Boo's Fury. Oh, I guess if they can manage to fit it on one cartridge, uh, what difference does it make? Well, Transformation sucked. Okay. And Boo's Fury was cool. Well, then they can get another game that is crappy and can play it for the same price. Exactly. So the, for the price of a good game, you also get a crappy game. Hey, maybe it has some comical value. That's true. Well, from you, mostly... Uh, Cursing? Yeah. You yes. knew where I was going with that. <laughs> well, before we go into my cursing at Dragon Ball games any further, that's it for news for the week. So we're going to move on to our topic for the week. Now, usually when we go over this kind of stuff, we have Julian with us. However, I'm a firm believer that I know what I'm talking about for this subject. So I'm going to say, I don't need Julian for this oh, one. Oh, that's harsh. It is. I mean, he, he always sounded like an authority figure. I don't know if you can pull that off. But well, we're gonna put I you can to the sound test. like Julian, and then I can sound like an authority figure. Well, then you have to sing like Julian. 
<laughs> That'd be really funny if I sang like Julian. That would be great. You I can won't. win contests and, and be in a chorus and go on trips all across the land singing like he does. <laughs> Before we further embarrass Julian... Hey, he's out here. We can do it. That's true. Let's just go right into the topic. Last week, we went over all of the puns for movie villains. And people keep saying, more puns, more puns, more puns. The people love the puns. They Bring do. on the puns. They want to hear about them. So we're going to do some more this week. Uh, as soon as Julian gets back on a computer, we will go over the Dragon Ball movie and TV special name puns. This week, we are going to go over the name puns for all of the Saiyajin. Now, we've actually gone over a couple of these names before, and even the race itself. But to quickly recap, Saiyajin. Saiya is an anagram of the Japanese word yasai, which means vegetable. And that sums up every single other pun. Pretty much. Yeah. Every full-blooded Saiyajin has a name that is a pun on some sort of vegetable, or the word vegetable itself. And some may be more obvious than others. Some are just simply the Japanese pronunciations of the American word for a vegetable. Others yeah. are a little bit more vague, but we'll, we'll go over those. We will. So, you've got the name of the race itself. The first one, I guess, is Vegeta. That is one of the obvious ones. Yeah, Vegeta is simply vegetable. Knock off the bowl and you've got his name. Vegetable. Vegetable. That's uh, pretty much the effect that the character had on my reading of the word vegetable from the age uh, 16 onward, <laughs> unfortunately. I hate to have to go through life reading the word vegetable and say vegetable, but... Wow, that's really funny. I'm really sorry. <laughs> that's what goes on in my head. I'm just that much of a nerd. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's keep going. The next name is Kakaroto. This and one's uh, a little bit tricky, but uh, kind of obvious once you know the joke. Yeah, especially if you knock off the extraneous to at the end of it, you have Kakarot. And if you get rid of the first ka, you have Karot, which is carrot. So why the extra ka? Uh... To make it not the word. Julian would know if he were here. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Probably just because it sounds and looks cool. But yeah, that toe at the end isn't really all that necessary when you kind of say the English pronunciation. I don't know. Because most Japanese words end in a vowel sound. So you can't just say kakarot in Japanese. There's that to sound. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, I think I can get this next one. All right. We got the character of Napa. Okay, and what's Napa? Napa is actually a type of a Chinese cabbage, so that is simply just a word yeah, from another language. The word Napa is just Napa. Napa. There's a whole bunch of other words that are used for this Chinese cabbage, and Napa is one of them. And you may also see a translation of uh, just simply greens. The next one is Raditsu, and that is Raditz. And... It's just with a Z, because it's cooler than yeah, ish. It's, it's cooler than a sh. So if you replace the Z with a sh, you got radish. Anything is made cooler with a Z. That's like like, like Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Ooh. Wow, I think there's a conspiracy there. That's right. The next one is a character we actually talked about last week. Yeah, so I don't think we need to go into too much uh, detail. Pretty much uh, download the last episode if you haven't heard it already. Yeah, real quickly, the character in question is Tarasu from DBZ Movie 3. And we spell the name as T-U-L-L-E-C-E, or Tales. And that's because Tarasu is an anagram of Retasu, which is lettuce. Retasu, lettuce. They just use the English word and say it in Japanese. 
So switch around some syllables and you got a name. That was the last episode in a nutshell. Woohoo! <laughs> so we talked for an hour and no, we just no, summed no, it up no, no. in 10 seconds? Okay, not quite that bad, <laughs> but you get the gist of it. Right. So for more information about that character and all sorts of other cool stuff relating to him in the movie, check out last episode. So why don't you do the next one? Because this one's easy, too. Yeah, well, you also covered this in the last episode, so I don't think we need to go in too much detail. Broly is a play on the word broccoli. And you're pretty much just dropping the C letters from the word broccoli. So you have Broly. Yeah, you just drop out the middle of the word, and you got it. Mm-hmm. And then there's his daddy, who is Paragasu, which is just Asparagasu, or asparagus. All right. Which is really good in an omelet. Who <laughs> is it now? Yes. Thank you for that cooking tidbit. No problem. I think those so far have all been pretty uh, pretty obvious for the most part. The next one is a little bit probably not as well known. And for this, we're kind of getting into the TV special ones, but I know Julian will get into more depth with them, especially with Bardock's crew, because we have some alternate names for them, which we'll talk about next time we talk about puns. But we'll go through them real quickly. Badaku, or Bardock, is actually a play on Burdock. This is something that grows wild throughout most of North America, Europe, and Asia. It has dark leaves, and it's woolly underneath. Ooh. I yeah. don't think I want to eat that. No, I don't think I, I want to eat, eat a woolly, a woolly vegetable. So you'll see spellings of Bardock and Burdock and Burdock for this character. If I understand correctly, wasn't there some kind of difference between... The, uh, the subtitles in the official DVD release, and then what is uh, probably in the dub? Yeah, Funimation actually uses the kind of fan spelling of Bardock, the same way we spell it, B-A-R-D-O-C-K. Steve Simmons, in the um, translation, I think he uses Burdock, and so does Viz. Interesting. I didn't realize that Viz also did it. Yeah, because he appears for that one panel in the manga. Ah, yes, because Toriyama loved the TV special so much. And he uh, gave a little tribute to it. Yeah, he gave a little nod to it. I don't exactly remember where it was. We are going to have a little section on that at some point, too. Oh, nice plug. Yes, so you can look forward to that. All right, let's keep going with Bardock's crew. The next one is Toma, or Toma, and this is Tomato. Without the toe. Without the toe. Okay, that's good. The next one is kind of an interesting one. I'll let you handle it because it's difficult. (laughs) Okay. The character's name, it's the female on Bardock's crew, and her name is Seripa. And we say the name as Seripa because it's an anagram of Pasiri in Japanese. And that's just our word, parsley. So we do the inverting of the R and the L because since it's a pun on parsley, when we spell it, we like to use the L. And that's it. Interesting. Yeah. The next name is Panbukin. So, Mario, what do you think this one is? Gee, let me think about it. Uh, can you pronounce that again? Hanbukin. I'm going to have to take a stab in the dark and say pumpkin? Yeah. Oh, boy. I am genius. <laughs> you are genius. And so, so genius. are the people that made this show. How about the final character, Totepo? Um, let's see. <laughs> there are very few uh, important vegetables left. Now, before we give you the answer, I should say that we spell it as Totapo. So, rearrange the syllables. What do you get? You get potato. You get potato. And so that, I think, is every Saiyajin. Can you think of any others? Um, I'm pretty sure I got them all. I'm sure if we forgot something, someone will bring this to our attention and we can cover it in a later episode. Yeah, and remember that this applies to only the full-blooded Saiyajin. 
uh, not Gohan and not Goten. They have their own names. And their own set of puns that they follow as well. Yes. So that should be all of the Saiyajin. So look forward to more puns in the future. We're going to talk about the puns from the Dragon Ball movies and TV specials, and we'll go over other races as well. There's certainly enough puns to go around, so we're going to spread this out as much as we possibly can. Yes, and especially because people just want to hear about them, and we're happy to provide them. Mm -hmm. I had a really long, long discussion planned for this week, but we just didn't get to it. So I saved my outline, and we'll... I want to do it next week. Yeah, we'll save it for whenever Julian can come back. So you can get three perspectives on a very interesting subject that Mike has an outline for. Yes. And if you want a little hint, I guess I can just tell you what it's about. And I that suppose is so. The reason that the Ultimate Uncut Editions exist in the first place. Nice. Yes. So and you're going to get a history lesson. It's a history of pretty much the entire... Uh, duration of Dragon Ball in the U.S. in terms of its distribution and airings on TV and on home video and all that good stuff that people seem to misunderstand as the years go on. So this is pretty essential Yeah. as to not spread misinformation, which so is a pet peeve of I'm mine. I'm planning on doing that one next week, so look forward to that conversation. So we're just going to get right into some emails this week. We have audio emails, which I love. We also have a couple written emails, but we're going to hold off on those till next week because I want to give a little preference to the audio emails because I love getting them from people. The real answer is that he has to research the email questions. Shh. Don't tell them. I just did. Damn it. But yeah, I, I really love getting these audio emails. So if you would like to send us an audio email, record yourself asking a question. Make sure you say who you are and where you're from and then give us your question. So let's just get right into them. Here's the first question for the week. Hey Mike, Mary, and whoever Julian's replacement is, if any. This is Great Sayaman from the forums. My question is about Frieza's transformations. What are your feelings on how they go? Was he born in his first form and ascended to each other level, and stays in his first form to simply conserve power, similar to what the Saiyans do with their Super Saiyan and base forms? Or was he born in his final form and created lower levels to conserve power? So what I did for this question was I popped in DBZ episode 77. At the very end of the episode, we have a short little dialogue between Vegeta and Frieza. And this is where Vegeta goes, Come on, Frieza, transform. Because I know you can. So here's the exact dialogue from the Japanese script. Vegeta says, Among the universe's races... There is a very small number that have the odd ability of changing their forms when needed, whether for camouflage or to conserve energy consumption when it's unnecessary. To which Frieza responds, In my case, the reason is different. I have so much power, it's difficult for me to control it otherwise. Now, I'm sure this goes on into the next episode, but I don't have the next DVD. Whoops. <laughs> so let's just go from what I've said, and hopefully if other people have more information, they can contribute to it. I have always been under the impression that what Frieza is saying is that he's got so much power, he needs to do something about it in order to not explode. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't like a nice exploded Frieza all over the planet. That'd be kind of cool. Be, that'd be messy. But anyways, so yes, I think his forms... Uh, say first form, is him saying, well, my second form has too much power, so I need to do something about it to not go boom. And then his third form is saying, well, my second form, etc., etc., etc. 
Or wait, no. Other way around. Too many forms. What was I saying? I think the simple question is that we want to find out, was he born in his first form, or was he born in his last form, which came first? Well, he wasn't born a cyborg. No, 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 no. <laughs> so ignoring cyborg, Frieza. And I think we can also ignore the uh, the pumped-up 100% power thing, because that's really just his fourth form with muscles. So it's either a version with horns in his hovercraft, not born with the hovercraft, of course, <laughs> or the slick eady version with the tail. Which one was, uh, you know, his actual true birth form? We don't know. However, if you want my opinion... Uh-oh. And, and so this, you, isn't, this isn't uh, an official answer. This, this is, is just a, I guess. And you must want my opinion because you emailed and asked. I think that he was born in what we see as his fourth and final form. And because there's too much power, what his race does is has these... Safeguards? Yeah, to prevent boom. So what you see in his first form is him, I have too much power, I gotta hold this back. When I want to tap into this power, I bring myself forwards towards this, we'll say his birth form. That sounds good, I'll buy that. Hey, that works for me then. You'll buy it? I'll buy it. All right. I'm sure other people have differing opinions, and I would love for you to prove me wrong, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe the proof is out there. That's true. I could totally be missing the ball on this, because it's in episode 78. At least some of the information is in 77. Right. So, if you have anything to add to that, remember we have our forum with podcast response threads, so please let us know. Let's get right into the next question, then. Hey, Mike and Julian. This is Kerbifer from the emails in the forum. I think you guys answered this question at one point in the Ask Vegito EX section, but what are your top three favorite English voice actors? And if you have any guests in this episode, this question applies for them too. Thanks a lot. Well, this week, it's just Mary and I. So you're going to get our answers. When Julian returns, I will make sure that he is forced to answer your question. By gunpoint. Yes, from both Mary and I. From another country. From another country, across vast oceans. But anyways... We're going to answer this in two parts, because we want to say our favorite English voice actors, but we also want to say our favorite Japanese voice actors, because, well, quite frankly, we prefer the Japanese version. However, we have three English voice actors that Mary and I both adore. Absolutely adore. Oddly enough, when Mike asked me for my top three, they happen to be the same as his, so we're just going to go in on three people that we both love the most. Right. Number one... My main man, Ian James Corlett. Ooh, baby. This guy, this is an English Goku to me. I think that he had that real innocent and calm-sounding naive side to Goku. And then when he got angry, you felt the anger behind his delivery. And I think that's something that Kalamus just couldn't deliver the anger. And Shemmel's done a really good job with the... um, the calm side, especially in the video games, which I've been saying for a couple of years now. But I just don't think he pulls off that angry side of Goku. I think he screams well, but I don't think his anger is truly believable. No. I know he really gets into it and he really loves it. That's important, too. I mean, props, it is, props to him for that. But man, Corlette was just freaking awesome. Well, in my case, I was a little bit biased because prior to watching Dragon Ball Z, I was heavily into Rama One Half and. Ian Corlett played uh, Dr. Tofu in uh, Viz's dub of Ranma, and his character is just funny and cute, so I already knew him from his work on Ranma. So going into Dragon Ball Z, and 
I heard, uh, you know, Goku talk in episode one. I was just like, oh, Dr. Tofu, cool. <laughs> so that was my little bit of bias right there. But, you know, putting that aside, I think he's great. He was great. Number two, my second main man. Oh, yeah. This guy's a card. Scott McNeil. This guy's hilarious. He is hilarious. He gets into every role he does. And granted, he only has two distinct voices. Yeah, he has his uh, angry Piccolo voice, as seen in Dragon Ball Z, and he has his kooky, crazy, fun-loving teenage voice, uh, similar to Duo from the Gundam Wing dub. Yeah, but the Piccolo voice, man, I think I might actually prefer Scott McNeil's Piccolo. Gotta agree there. Over the Japanese one. I mean, oh, he was so good. That growl that he had, I mean, you felt the demon inside of him. But when he talked calmly, you also believe that, too. I'm getting hot just sitting here. I am, too, but I think that's because the windows are shut. Oh, yeah. Right, the windows. Uh, but Anyways. Oh, let's, that's a funny point you brought up before about the two same voices that he has. Because uh, for the uh, X-Men Evolution TV series that was on a few years back, he played Wolverine. And essentially, it is the Piccolo voice. It, it was just Piccolo. I mean, that's fine because the voice is still fitting for Wolverine, but, you know. It was funny. It's like he wasn't even trying to make a new voice. It's just like, okay, well, I really like Piccolo back from 1995. Uh, I can just recycle this voice. And that's okay. He was awesome. He was just so good. He's a good man. He is. And then finally, our third favorite English voice actor. I'm sorry, they're all from the Ocean cast. Number three. Ted Cole. Ted Cole. And for me, personally, again, another bias from Ranma One Half. He played Kuno, who I loved from Ranma. And when I heard him as Yamcha, I just thought, wow, this is a totally different kind of character for this voice actor, but I'm buying this kind of, I don't want to say surfer dude take on Yamcha, but... No, uh he totally turned into a surfer dude with uh, Chris Hobbit's Yamcha. Yeah, I know that's, that's not the, the right word. Oh man, I'm Yamcha! I think he was trying to imitate the way uh, Ted Cole delivered Yamcha, and it just came out as Surfer Dude. Yeah. I can't quite describe Ted Cole's take on Yamcha. He was just, especially in the original Dragon Ball, the first 13 episodes, he was just suave. Yamcha. Oh, maybe that's the word. Ooh. And I'm thinking of the scenes in particular when he's uh, talking to Chi Chi. Talking to Chi Chi. Like, it's because I no, love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> can't you tell by my face? <laughs> ah! Good stuff. <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we're sorry. No Funimation people on this list. There are a few pretty good ones, but as not, you can not tell... Not top three. I think uh, you all know where our loyalties lie. Yeah. It's partly because that's what, uh, you know, it was the first English uh, cast we were introduced to was the uh, Ocean Group, so... You know, I think that happens with a lot of people. The voices they hear first are the ones they like the most. That's what you get a lot with the uh, fandom nowadays, is that you hear a lot of people saying how much they hate the Japanese version, but they love the English dub, probably because that's what they heard first. And they hate the Ocean cast because they got into it through the Funimation dub. Not that there's, you know, anything wrong with their opinion, but you gotta admit there's some kind of uh, pattern going on it's there. It's interesting. Now, before we really seem like we hate Funimation, I gotta say... I hated him at first. I think he's phenomenal now. And that's Sonny Strait as Kudidin. Oh, yeah. His his character got so much freaking better over the years. And Terry Clayson can just shove it. (laughs) Between his retarded dub scripting and then his just lame delivery towards the end of season two, man, Sonny just is so awesome. I totally forgot about him. I'll put him as a runner-up. Yes. So, we'll say Sunday Straight is number four, just so we seem like we don't completely hate Funimation. That's not true. 
I mean, we didn't watch a whole lot of the dub, especially towards the end, but... We want to give them a little bit of love. Yeah. And there you go. Well, let's get into the Japanese cast, because this is what I truly, truly love. Mary, why don't I let you go first? Your number one favorite Japanese seiyuu. Because this guy is so sexy, and yes, I'm going to say this about a big, giant, green android uh, being. i got to go with... Norio Wakamoto, better known as Cell. I just think he's got this really suave villain kind of tone to his voice. And it's like, okay, you can blow up the world any day if you sound like that. (laughs) I don't mind. You mean if you sound like... Okay, second and first form notwithstanding. (laughs) Uh, Third form, yay! (laughs) I think my most recent memory of this guy's voice was... What, like a year ago when we watched Scryde? Oh, yeah, he did the eye catches in Scryde. <laughs> he didn't do any voices in the show, but just during the eye catch, he would go, Scryde! And we're watching the show on our couch, and Mike's like, It's so! Oh my god, it's so! And I'm like, Bullshit! So, sure enough, he's on uh, Internet Movie Database, looking it up and showing <laughs> him. I was right. Yeah, that was a pretty scary right there. You got a good air. Yes. So, Norio Wakamoto, awesome. Who's your number two? Gotta go with uh, Ryo Horikawa. Vegeta-san. Another, you know, I'm a sucker for these villains with these suave <laughs> voices. And he sang that cooking song. That's, that's also true. really cute. And, and he's know, got one hell of a voice. You know, that's something, I think, between number one and number two with Funimation's versions of the characters. Their perfect cell voice was kind of suave. That's true. Their Vegeta voice, not so suave. That's because they were trying to just continue what Brian Drummond did done in the uh, ocean dub i think yeah but before i get into my whole brian drummond versus chris Savitt debate <laughs> that's a subject for another day <laughs> go ahead what do you what else do you like about uh Rio horikawa um let's see i said his singing voice yes his that, singing that's voice. a major uh that's a major deciding factor for me i don't know i just think it's a very suave and cool voice i mean even though he's this short little evil guy he still manages <laughs> to sound kind of sexy he does so yeah All that's right. the female in me Picking you know, these top two right here. Number three. Number three, I'm going the opposite direction. I gotta go with Mayumi Tanaka, also known as Kudidin. Look, I said it! You did it too! Awesome. I'll just say Krillin. Okay. And I think she's a riot. Like, we're rewatching. Oh, I shouldn't say rewatching, because for me it was the first time. I think Mike was rewatching it. It was the uh, Dragon Ball Movie 2 DVD the other day. Yes. And we were watching it in Japanese, and Krillin was coming on. And he was hilarious. He oh just made God. me appreciate uh, his voice actress so much more. Like, the delivery was really funny. And, I mean, it helps that the character itself is, is, funny, is funny. But the voice actress really nailed it. I mean, even as early as these Dragon Ball movies up until the very end of the series. And even now, she's still kicking as uh, Luffy from the Japanese version of One Piece. So, she's still doing her thing. She is. She's awesome. She's just got that... I can go from very quiet to wacky on drop of a hat. <laughs> What's yeah. the phrase? You're really bad at phrases. I am. The drop of a hat. Drop of a hat. There you go. All right. Now it's my turn. My three favorite Japanese seiyuu. Number one, the man, Ryusei Nakao. Frieza. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot that you loved him so much. Oh, man. I adore this voice in a totally heterosexual way. <laughs> Holy crap. And the dub can't touch this performance. Oh, my God. He's got that, I am so evil, and I am so condescending, but I'm so polite about it. 
And the dub just totally missed that. Yeah, they kind of went a little bit overboard with the kind of gayish undertones of the Japanese performance. and just Kinda? Went, okay. <laughs> More than kind of. <laughs> uh, they crossed the line and shat on it. <laughs> they did. So, oh my god. And there's the one line in particular I'm thinking of where he's just nails it is, I think it's episode 95 when Goku first goes Super Saiyajin. And he's up on the cliff and he's looking down at everyone and he's saying how, like, you almost hurt, you almost killed me. And he says something like, And he's really quiet, and then it just keeps escalating and escalating, and he just starts, like, screaming. And it was so good. Makes so you want to watch good. that now. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yes. So he's my number one without, without debate. Number two. The multi-talented Masako Nozawa, the woman herself. That would be Goku. Yes, probably one of the only voices in every single episode of the entire series. Mm -hmm. She has such amazing delivery and all of her different characters that she does. Oh, that's right, Gohan and Goten. And Goku. I said Goku. And Bardock and Tadasu. Oh, wow. Yeah. Five credits to your name. What's really interesting about her is that a lot of people say, well, she plays all these characters, so how do you know who's talking? And what she's really good at is that Goku has that dialect of his where he's like a country bumpkin hick versus Gohan who speaks properly. Mm-hmm. And what about Goten? Does he have an accent? Chi-Chi gave up on him. Oh, really? <laughs> so he's pretty much just a, a retread back to old school Goku. Now, I don't know for sure. I don't think he speaks quite as badly as Goku, but he's definitely nowhere near Gohan. Yeah, there is a distinction. Yeah. And then even between uh, Bardock and... Uh, I'm sorry, I can't even Tadasu. attempt... Thank you, you say it. I can't yeah. say your pronunciation. <laughs> She's really good. So I think if you know what you're listening for in terms of dialects, you start hearing them and you go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. There's really some variations here. And what I like about her Tadasu voice is that I don't want to say she has a deeper voice because that's not true, but she's got that cool, collected, almost freezes-sounding voice. Is it wrong for me to be attracted to a woman's voice playing uh, a male character? Because I am. No, not at all. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> and she kind of plays Bardock the same way, but she's awesome. And all of you 12-year-olds that hate her can shove it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm scared of you, Mike, with that voice. But yes, the feeling is emulated. All right, number three. You know how I just said something about the single voice who you've heard in every single episode? Well, this is another voice that you've heard in every single episode. Whether you know it or not. Whether you know it or not. And this is Joji Yanami, probably best known as the narrator of the show. But he also played Kaiosama, and he played a bunch of other characters. He is so awesome. It's kind of off the wall, too, and over the top. Yeah. The narrator's just got that... I don't even know how to describe it. The, I don't know, the omnipotent voice of God. <laughs> he knows all that's <laughs> going on in the Dragon Ball universe. And then he plays a god. And what's really neat about Kaiosama that I think the dub didn't quite do, especially Shemmel's, is the I'm, I'm just wacky. But Kaiosama in the Japanese version does have that air of authority to him. True. And that's cool. I really like how he can... I've said that a lot about all of these characters, is how they can balance their different uh, personas and emotions and stuff. And he's just great. 
So That's true. I love him. Good choices, Mike. Thank you. So those were our top English and Japanese voice actors that we love. And we will get Julian's. I think I know what his top ones are. Well, don't spoil it. No, I'm not going to spoil it for everyone. So let's just go right into the last audio question for the week. Alrighty. And here we go. Hi, I'm the newbie person. I also have a few questions. First of all, I want to know if you can explain the color switches of Vegeta's hair during the beginning of Dragon Ball Z and in the intros of the video games. And I want to know what you think about the scouters, what comes to the new Dragon Box in March 2006, and who introduced the sixth podcast, the Christmas special, because it quite sounds like the original Mutant Roshi voice actor from Fun Animation. And I want to ask VG2X if Macon gave us his friendship code and the timeline is normally online and uh, tomorrow cut the S. Well, I think that's all. Yeah, that's all. I had to post this MP3 up for some friends to listen to because I couldn't really understand it. I got the first question, and then I got the second question, and then I got the third question, and then I had no idea what the last question was. But now I know what they all are, so I'm going to repeat the questions and address them. I believe this person comes from Oslo, and they want to know about, first of all, the change in Vegeta's hair at the very beginning of the TV series. When Vegeta first shows up in episode, the end of episode five, actually, he's got brown hair. Kind of almost with red highlights. Yes. And they, are, they also have the wrong color armor. Yeah. But anyways... And then when he lands on Earth, which I believe is episode 21, he's got his actual black hair. So what happened here? Something to do with the manga? Probably. The commonly accepted theory is that, well, they didn't know what color his hair was yet. So they guessed. They guessed. As I'm sure all of you know, manga is published in black and white. Now, when the manga was published in Weekly Shonen Jump in Japan, every so often there would be some color chapters. And you might have actually seen some of these in the domestic release of Monthly Shonen Jump. Over the last year or so, they started doing some of these color chapters. Most notably, I think, the uh, Trunk story. They published all of the color pages for that. When Vegeta was first published in the manga, it was in black and white. So when they went to do the TV series, they didn't know what color his hair was. Could it be black? Could it be brown? They guessed. Well, they guessed wrong. That's right. It looked <laughs> kind of silly in the process. And then eventually Toriyama must have done a color chapter or title page and said, no guys, his hair is black. And so when he appeared on Earth, they corrected not only Vegeta's hair color, but also the color of the Saiyajin armor. However, that doesn't address, especially the Budokai 2 and 3 openings, when Vegeta's got his brown highlights again. I think with the uh, modern animations, maybe they're just trying to add a little more individuality to their character designs and thought, hey, well, it was like this for a few episodes back in the day. Let's let's throw in some brown hair just yeah. for shits and giggles. I think some of it's just lighting in general because they can animate so much nicer, but I also think there's just, not, yeah, that nod to the original color. Like, whoops, but hey, you know what we're talking about, so here's some brown. I like it. I think it looks really cool. In the, in the newer stuff, yeah. I, yeah, in the I'll newer stuff. It. Yeah. All right, so let's go to your next question, which was about the Scouchers that are coming with the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z movie Dragon Box in Japan in March. And I think we might have talked about this before. I think it was our first episode, actually. I can't wait to walk around with a Scouter on my face. I will not let you leave the house with a Scouter on your face. That's so. okay. I will walk around here with a Scouter on my face. Okay, then. But okay. I'm taking pictures and throwing them up on your website when you're not looking. 
You don't have my password. Shit! <laughs> but anyways, yes, I. it's going to be awesome. This is one of the coolest pack-ins I've ever heard of. That's true. And it's got a microphone, too. What kind of a microphone? Like one of those, like the headsets oh, with the oh, microphone okay. that comes in front of your mouth, like okay. a telephone headset thing. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Next question was, who did the Muten Roshi voice at the beginning of the sixth podcast? Well, that was me. <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a little sexy right now. If there are any ladies out there listening, oh, it's Mary! Hey. Hey, dirty perv. I'm not a dirty perv. Don't I'm, you look at me like that. I'm just an old man, and I need me some loving. You ain't gonna get it. Not here, anyways. Yeah, that was me. I don't know how good that voice is. Some days I'm really on, and some days I'm really off. But, uh, yeah. That's your one, uh, dub imitation. My one and only. Let it, uh, stay just as that. Oh, uh, no. Get me to a convention, get me enough alcohol, and maybe you'll hear more of it. I think uh, Maggie's uh, a, a pretty good witness to uh, this Roshi voice as well. No, there is no evidence of this whatsoever. There is evidence, and we will dig it up. But anywho. So, last question was, when I first heard it, I, th- I thought they were asking me if making paper was gay. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. What they were a- actually asking is um, Mario Kart. You, th- you think? Friend codes. Is that what you think? I think so. I actually do not give out my friend code on the internet to lots of people because... It's the internet. It's the internet. And I know you have to approve people in response in order to play against them, but still, I don't know if I really want to give that stuff out because when I want to play with friends, it's usually people I know, quote-unquote, in real life. Nothing against... The internet people? I don't know. There's, like, no way to answer this without sounding like a total jackass. So I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give out my Mario Kart friend code. Or you can say, Mario Kart? I don't Oh no, Mario Kart. I don't know. Well, I already talked about it last episode. You can say you lost it. It okay. got stolen by thieves. It was stolen by thieves. And bandits. And bandits. And like assorted Yam- hoodlums. Like Yamcha. Right. Played by Ted Cole. With, with missing teeth. And he made me swoon. And that's how he stole it. That is how he... So there's your answer. Ted Cole came to our apartment, and he was really sexy, and he took my Mario Kart. Mike is easily uh, seduced by such things. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. It's all true. It is all true. That is our episode for this week. (laughs) It's a bit wacky, but we hope you liked it. Yeah. I'm hoping to have Julian for next week. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, I will try tracking him down in the uh, crazy land of Japan. Specifically Kyoto. He is in Kyoto. So get to an arcade, jerk, and take me pictures. I know you're listening. Or maybe he is. Not. I don't know. That's it. So thank you, Mary, for taking Julian's place. You're much sexier than he is. I hope so. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes. Mary, again, where can we find you on the internet? I don't know. That's kind of a sick question, but if you're talking about my site, yes. you can find it at uh, templeotrunks.com, and that's O, not of, so it's just templeotrunks.com. .com. And you can find myself and sometimes Julian at www.daizex.com, Daizenshu-E-X. And that's it. That's it? That is it. So thanks, everyone, for listening. 
this was a fun episode. Yeah, it was a little bit on the uh, crazy side. Hey, I like being crazy. I like to let it all hang out. Yeah, why don't you go put on some pants? No. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Next episode will feature pants and Julian, perhaps. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, it'll be a great episode. All right, we're rambling. I had alcohol. I guess we should stop. Sounds like a good plan. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.